All right, we are live on Out the Box Talks, Out the Box TV. Welcome to another show. Get a little sound effects in. All right, all right. This is Krill, your host Krill of Out the Box Talks. As always, I have a special guest with me. Welcome to another edition. I want to say this is episode 35 because I just did an interview with Wordsworth and I've been kind of just keeping it going. And I got a sister here with me today that it's been a minute, man. I've been following her career for quite some time. I am so excited to finally have her here in the out-the-box studios, well, remotely, right? <laughs> You're always out-the-box. What's up, Star? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, uh, you know, maintaining, you know, trying to stay busy, but trying to stay healthy, right? It's a, the balance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Stay, stay healthy, stay busy, stay focused. Indeed. Stay out of the way, stay in your lane. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So um, it's a pleasure, an ultimate pleasure having you on the show. Like for real, for real. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. For real, for real. I've been following your music since almost never was. Wow. Okay. And I definitely want to talk to you about just the expansion of your career today. Now, I know you do have, uh, what is it, like a maxi single out now with yes. Crazy DJ Bizarro. Shout out, yes. Bizarro. Yes. What's up, Baz? Yeah. And um, I do want to talk about that, but I kind of want to, like, go through the timeline of your career as best as I can. Okay. All right? So just starting out, uh, for all of our listeners out there, also all our viewers, because this is streaming live on YouTube right now, um, let the, let the people know a little bit about how your journey to become a hip hop artist came to be. Like, where did the inspiration all begin? Okay. Um, so I've always been a writer since I was very young. I wrote my first published piece in the second grade. I was in the, put in the school library. They had little books and you could go in the library and check the little book out. So I started out as a writer, maybe like six, seven years old. Um, as far as being an MC, when, when I tapped into hip hop around maybe 11 years old, I didn't ever see myself as someone who could rap because no one around me rapped. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. So I loved salt and Pepper and LL and the Fat Boys and Run DMC, but it wasn't personal for me because I didn't I didn't know that that was something that I could do mm. if I'm explaining that correctly because I didn't I didn't I wasn't around I wasn't around the culture outside of seeing it on TV or hearing the music on the radio right. so it wasn't like I went outside and I could go like to the corner and there was like a cypher or you know there was b-boys and b-girls in the park I didn't I didn't I didn't get to see that growing up so I do remember this one time at a birthday party for one of my friends, somebody had a Just Ice tape, a cassette, the one with the cartoon, and he had all the the, the gold the gold teeth, and I was just like looking at the thing, just mesmerizing this girl, like, oh, you wouldn't know nothing about that. You just a girl from the suburbs. That's real rap. You wouldn't know nothing about that. And for whatever reason, that stuck with me my whole life. Wow. 
ninth grade is when I wrote my first rhyme. No, maybe 10th grade. I was like 15. Mm. And me and my best friend, we were in study hall. She's like, you know, we should rap. Because I mean, I love, I mean, I love the music. Like I knew everybody's songs. I would even rap the songs, but then change. Like if I needed to change a pronoun or change a state or a city, I always did that. But still in my mind, not making the connection that hey, you know, you, you can do this. You're an MC. You can wow. you, you write, you're a poet, whatever. But when my best friend came and she spit her verse, and I was like, well, shoot, I can, she's like, I'll write. I said, no, nah, you don't got to write for me. I'll write my own. And we had a notebook, and we would pass the notebook back, and we were passing it back and forth, writing the verses. Um, the next year, I went to a school, uh, a different school, so I didn't have my partner. So... I remember one day there were guys at the lunchroom table and they were freestyle and I just thought it was so cool, but I couldn't freestyle, but I still thought it was really cool. And I started hanging out with them and I, you know, they would come over to my house after school. We would be sitting, you know, on the seventh like, well, if you rap, you know, you got to be able to freestyle or you're not a real MC, right? Right, right. <laughs> so wow. that's really on those stairs in front of my apartment in the 11th grade where I got challenged by the three MCs. It was one... Man, it was like three, yes. And then I became a part of this crew. And I worked so hard at Off the Top of the Dome. I mean, I'd be washing dishes in my head, rapping. And every opportunity I had to do it, I would do it. And I got really, really good. So, you know, people would hype, they would hype me up. Like every time we would go somewhere, like, yo, she she freestyle, she's crazy with it. So that's how that part started. It was something that I did that was fun. But the more... Like the more people I got exposed to, people would always put me on the spot. Mm. You know, I'm in Dallas. I'm in I'm in Dallas Austin's Rowdy Store in Underground Atlanta. They have an open mic. Yo, you need to go rhyme. Why don't you go spit up? Or you know, there'd be like a huge cipher, and there were no other women. And I was wow. minding my business, like yo, oh, shorty nice. Like you know, so that is. I just always had people who believed in me, even from the beginning Genesis stages, so- that were always hyping me up. And then I'm like, well, you know, this is something I probably need to do. And then as far as like the music, um, putting music out here in Atlanta, I would say around 96, 97, I started going to more of the underground and independent artist shows. Mm. And um, the first show I went to that really, like, there was a catalyst, uh, the Micronauts did a show. I remember on my birthday in 1996, I was driving and I heard this song called Forward. They were playing it on 89.3 in the middle of the day and I drove to Earwax Records, rest in peace Earwax. Yeah, shout out to Earwax. At the time, across from the Cotton Club. See, I'm Atlanta underground hip-hop history. So anybody that talks about the history of the scene here and doesn't talk to me or doesn't mention me they are who wow. I was here <laughs> and I helped build it. Um, yeah, earwax. And I went in there and I'm like, this is the song. I think the group is the Micronauts. I was like singing the song and the dude was like, oh, you mean this? And I still have that same cassette after I house fire and everything. I still have the tape, the same tape that I bought. Wow. Because it was in my car. And I went to their show and I was just vibing and I self divine, just put the mic in my face. Shout out to and I was like, wow, wow. Because that was really my first time performing. 
right. outside of being in a cipher or you know just you know rhyming on a bus or whatever and he put me on the spot and, wow. I, and I went in and we became cool that became like big bro and he took me under his wing and That's you dope. know just giving me pointers and he gave me my first um legitimate big you know major feature uh-huh. on a release uh, i was on the obelisk movement album and the micronauts led to the doom connection wow I was, I was performing at an album release for them you know they got me to come up and freestyle at the end and doom was there so that's how i met doom wow i and, ho- ho- hold that thought because i gotta get to that but okay okay yeah <laughs> So my 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 whole career has really been being in the right place at the right time, being myself, and having someone see or hear that and locking in with me. I've right. never shopped a demo. I never like chased anybody down and like begged them, you know, to listen to me rap or any of that. I just was always myself, and everything came to me. Wow. So that's from dope. the from the beginning, or I was challenged. I was either challenged. Or I was somewhere being myself, and it happened. Wow! Did that bring us enough to to, to where we? Oh, that's that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. You know, I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a lot. That's a lot to start with, and I appreciate you. Because a lot of yeah. people only know the Doom part. Right, right. Some of them are confused about the Doom part, like they don't know that's me on three different albums because the name was changed, even though it's the same voice. So, all my stuff overlaps. Hmm. Wow. Like, it's wild. Even the Chuck D thing. Like, it's it's all, it, yeah. <laughs> it all it all connects and it all overlaps. Wow. Yeah, you know, um, it reminds me of, it just takes me back to the song on uh, Almost Never Was, Grits, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Girl Raising the South. And, and it just kind of brings me back there when you talk about your history in underground Atlanta. Now, your music is very dense. And it displays a variety of intellect within your lyrics, right? I really I, like that it is dense. Yeah, like, it's heavy. Ah, uh, it's like a you just oh yes, that is a perfect. I've never heard it described. That is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like when um when you came on the scene, it wasn't common to hear a female MC talk about things like spirituality or. You know, what we would consider conscious today or knowledge of self, right? Um, what inspired you to display your, um, you know, these aspects of your knowledge in lyrical form like that? The beauty of hip hop for me more than anything else is that a lot of my cultural awareness beyond what I was taught from home, I got from music. I remember hearing uh, Brand Nubian. Mm. And the first time I heard Brand Nubian, you know, it was one for all. But then when they did that, that wake up and I saw that video with the white devil, because I saw the one with the white devil before they edited it out. And I was watching Rap City and I will never forget. I'm like, yo, they got a white devil. They got a white wow. devil. Or it's in the middle of the afternoon on MTV. Right, right. Wow. And they drop it. I didn't even know what they were talking about because I hadn't been exposed at that point. But I was so receptive. Even like the first time I heard Rakim, mm. the same, the same. I mean, my mom liked Rakim, and she didn't even like. She couldn't stand rap music. She liked Rakim. 
So that's the, the power of someone dropping science, dropping jewels. And even if you don't know what they're saying specifically, you know that it applies to you. So from brand Nubians to X-Clan to public enemy, uh, Queen Latifah, KRS-One, I got so much the native tongues. That is what I beeline to initially mm, mm. because I had, I had, um, right around the time I started rhyming, I had read Malcolm X's autobiography. So reading that, the veil is starting to be lifted. Mm. You know, the, we, 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 we taking the, the, you know, we opening the, we opening the, the, the lid on the third eye. What age were you when you, when you like read the autobiography? Cause I actually read it when I was in college. I probably, I probably was about when I was 14 or 15 years old. Wow. So you, yeah, you definitely. I was, I, I was in the school library and, and look, even with him, like the parallels of our lives, like I was raised seven day Adventist. His mother was a seven day Adventist. You know that, what I mean? Me too, my family. Yep. I grew up in a predominantly, I grew up around white people in the suburbs. I'm not going to hold you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, and um, so I identify with him so much because, yeah, when you grow up around white people and that's all you're around outside of your family. You know, when you're a little kid, everybody's cool and, oh, we're all the same. But as you start getting older and you have what I call, call your nigga moment, mm. and you're like, ooh. Wake <laughs> up. You start going to, like, middle school and puberty and all that, and then you realize, oh, yeah, you're black. Wow. <laughs> Just in case you, you weren't aware. Right, right. But around that time, um... I just knew something, I knew something was missing. But when I read that autobiography, 14, 15 years old, I connected with everything, mm. everything in it. That was like my, my hero. Wow. Like I had, I had surgery on his birthday type of thing. Like I will never forget on his birthday. I had a major surgery. I had major back surgery Wow. in 1992. And my son was born on the day. My baby was born on a day that he was assassinated. Wow. So, so then that's definitely a connection. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but that did it for me. And then I, when I was hearing that in the music, oh, it was over. Wow. I mean, like, I didn't you know, know that, you know, you, you hear things when you, you interview, interview artists. I didn't know that they were that brand new and had that influence on you. That's oh my God. I brand new. Wow. And, I, and just the, the fact that like, I know Sadat now. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I grew up like, I remember my god sister, I would go to Chicago over the summer and my god sister played the Ultra Magnetic MCs album, uh, the one um, with Raise It Up on it. I okay. can't, I can't, I don't know why. I'm, is that the Four Horsemen? Yeah, that was the Four, I think that was on the Four Horsemen album. And then she played All For One mm. and I think she played DJ Quick. So when we would go out in her car, those would be the three, I know we, uh, 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 like that mix, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> <They> quick, <laughs> uh, ultramagnetic MCs <laughs> and brand Nubians. But when she would put on, that was it. Wow. We would just drive around all day listening. So, um, yeah, brand Nubian really cracked my head open. Wow. It really did. When I, 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 when I saw that white devil, I was just like, yo, that was, and I mean, it's edited out, <laughs> you know, they edited yeah, yeah, it out yeah. later, but I saw that and I just was just, that blew your mind. wow. Cause I was, you know, going through a thing, 
you know, I was raised seven day Adventist, but I, even from a child, I always, I never, I never latched on. I mean, I remember being very young and sitting in church, like, this is something, this is off. I mean, mm. like five years old where no wow. one ever had this conversation with me to tell me anything, but something didn't mesh. Right, right. So I was always looking for something from that. I mean, I just remember that. I remember because my mother converted. She converted uh, to Seventh-day Adventist when I was four. So I remember I used to have to go to those, you know, the conferences and when you would travel and like go to the, um, oh man, it just was a lot. <laughs> Mm. It was a lot. Like I remember, like when people would have, you know, would start speaking in tongues in church, and I would be like, "Why everybody that walks up there does the same thing? What are those people doing?" Yeah, <laughs> I was always questioning stuff. <laughs> you know? it, it reminds yeah. me of myself because uh, my family grew up Seven Day Adventists too, and I, I was always questioning myself too. So, yep. wow. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we're we're that we're that first wave of Indigo children now. You know what I'm saying? Those of us that are born in that were born in the '70s, we're that first. Like we, we were supposed to be the ones that got it, but then you know they always send something. Yeah. And they know. Yeah. At a generation, they get every generation. Wow. Like if you look at it, they send something for for us. Uh, our parents they sent heroin in the '80s. They sent crack. In the '90s, it was blunt. Mm. In the 2000s, it was the Molly and all of that. Now it's the lean and the perks and all. They always send something when those souls come because they know they it, know that they're coming. So they have to they have to throw something in there to take them off course. Isn't it crazy how you so, can break it down like that? That's interesting. I mean, but it's real because yeah, you know, yeah. um, somebody even say that hip hop was created to take us off course. Wow. But we took that. I feel we took that and we flipped it. I mean, some of it does, but I mean, I think for more more than not, for me, hip hop has has had a really positive impact on my life. But yeah. I've also, you know, studied and dealt with a lot of things. Like I'm from the South, and that always throws people off. Like, yeah. What? I'm like, yeah, born and raised, never fronted about it. You never said I was from anywhere else. <laughs> you sound like you was you was raised out here in New York. You know, like when I think when I, everything about you and and I'm not trying to make you what you're not, but like I just like when I hear you, I'm like, yo, that's why I had to ask you, like, what's what's your roots? Because heavily you, influenced. Word. Give it up. I always word. give it up. I am so heavily East Coast influenced. I can see that. I, yeah. It is it is ridiculous. Like most of the MCs that I was influenced by are from Brooklyn or Queens. Right. Um, most of my friends and boyfriends over the last 25 to 30 years have been New Yorkers. Wow. So I just got- 10 boots and, and hoodies. <laughs> I mean, they were yeah. like, you're ours. We're taking you. What did what wow. like, people say? You hope I'm from your bird rope because of third rope. You want me? But I just, uh, you know, I, I always had like a non-regional kind of a flat. I never had a Southern draw. I talk really fast. Like, I've always talked fast since I was a child. I'm like, I got a lot of stuff to say. I got to get it out. So yeah. I think that's number one. I, I speak very fast. And typically, I guess the stereotype of Southern is that we all talk like this. <laughs> We're real slow. And we've got this, this draw. Hey, shout you know what I'm saying? Like, I never, I never had that. Mm. I was always corrected if I used uh, in, in, improper or broken English. Like, my mother was, you know, 
a teacher and then she ended up going um, on to law school. So I wasn't allowed to say the eights and the gunners and the this and the that. So mm. I always had to speak very properly and enunciate, which mm. is something that helps me a lot as an MC. So thank you, Mom. Dope, dope, dope. It's good when you so, can put it to good use. I yeah. just, you know, I was all I was always, and then I absorbed. Like when I when I become involved in something, I totally absorb it. I absorb it like a sponge and then I'm like, okay, boom, I take what I need, I make it mine and whatever doesn't work. But even if, another thing too, I used to do um, imitations when I was younger too. I would always like mimic or take people's, you know, accent or, you know, what they look and, and I would talk to them like them to see if they would notice. And nobody would ever say anything. So that's kind of like my little gift of speaking in tongues. Like I used to, you know, I was in drama, like in the drama club in like, you know, fifth and sixth grade. So I had this character. Her name was Jackie Kowalski. (laughs) And that was probably my first Jackie Kowalski. Then that was her. And I don't know where she came from, but that was her. (laughs) But yeah, so, but yeah, I always give it up. You know, my influence. My influence is, is, is heavily, heavily East Coast. Definitely. So, you can definitely hear it. When I first heard of you, I got to say, you went by a different name. Well, slightly different name. Yeah. Star yeah. the Femc, right? name that I went by. But I got yeah. an explanation for that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, um, what inspired the name to begin with? And then what led you to actually drop in the Femc part of the name? Okay, so actually my first rap name was Hyper because I couldn't think of anything better. But again, Hyper, like, because I knew everybody's lyrics. So like I was the hype woman. So I was H-Y-P-A-H. So that was my first rap name. Big up to my first crew. I was in Bad Blood. And I was Hyper. But then I was like, well, dang, I don't want to be known as no hype. Because, you know, hype is a crackhead in certain areas or a drug addict. So I'm like, I probably don't want my name to be hype. (laughs) So again, just like when I heard Brand New being in those groups and I read Malcolm X's autobiography, I went, I was a, when I started rhyming, I was a tomboy. So mm. that I, you know, I dressed like a tomboy rather, because I really was very prissy. But because I was always around men, um, I wanted to downplay my shape and things like that so I could be comfortable around all those guys. So I, you know, I wore my big, huge baggy, you know, big shirts, big pants, my Timberlands, you know, so I could blend in. Of course, that never works because when you dress like that, men know you hiding something. So mm. that typically gets you actually more attention. I found that out the hard way. Because wow. <laughs> so, 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 they can't see it. So they they, they want to see it. Right, right. Um, so around the time I changed my name to Star, which was in 96, I went through another spiritual awakening. I started studying with the tab, the Holy Tabernacle, HTM, Dr. York. And um, they used to really get on me about how I was dressed like a dude. You really? Know? Okay. They were like, you a goddess, sister, and you need to you know, tap into that divine feminine power. And, you know, um, and I did. Like, I started, you know, wearing dresses and stuff again and skirts and, you know, just mixing it up and, and really getting in touch with that and becoming comfortable with my femininity. So the Fem C was about that. Mm. star I'm like well i wanted a name that would be easy for people to remember but also exemplify me well what's a star 
you know, what do people use stars for? You know, they guide you, they bring light. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, that's easy. I, I, I could be star. And mm-hmm. then I'll put the two H's in there for hip hop, right? And then I was like, in the fem C, because feminine energy, mastering creativity to elevate eternal. And then it became this whole big ugly thing where women were fem C's now, and it's all my fault. And they tried to blame me, and people taking shots at me in interviews and shit. So, so you started the whole fem C thing. I actually wrote a song. I did a, a freestyle about it uh, over Lauren Hill's Lost Ones. It's on Respect Do. So okay. I've give a little mini synopsis of, of of my whole story. Right, right. Wow. So if anybody wants to get the little bullet point on the respect due lost ones. So that is actually how that happened. That's all it meant. It was just supposed to be an honorary title for me, like when KRS went did the MC, the FMC. That and that was it. But it got taken out of it got taken out of context. Because I mean, I'm an MC, period. Word, word. And I gotta say and this is just my perspective looking in. Um, I can't say I can speak for every man on this part. When I heard the title, it didn't bother me. I never, I never saw, I never saw it as a title that would marginalize you even more, like and, and categorize you anymore, which is how I felt like some people saw it. Right. Um, but as a man, I, I would say I'm not in a position to really um, critique. I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go critique what, how females feel like they're being right, portrayed. Yeah. Right, exactly. Hate, hate when you <laughs> right. So, and I, I but I never had a problem with it, but I, but I, I was also open to the challenges that certain individuals will have with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, because, you know, and even I had never, I didn't remember call ever hearing the term but then some of them we know Rakim refers to some of these MCs you know they, they should just be femcs oh shoot I, I didn't hear that one remember, I didn't even remember that oh shoot so yeah it became a thing where you know if you're a doctor you're not a you shouldn't you're not a female doctor you're just a doctor there's so many different ways to look at it um because I think when it when it becomes about you being a woman only and not about you being MC, then that takes away, you know, yeah. from what's important. I mean, I, I, I relish and revel in being a woman. I absolutely love it. Um, Indeed. That is, that is actually, that that it's actually advantageous and it gives me a lot more power being a woman in hip hop. You know, yeah. there's like 15 men and just me, people are probably going to want to hear what I have to say over those 15 men because it's a different perspective. That's an interesting you point. You gotta kind of look at the ways that it could work. Is it gonna be a, a glass half full, a glass half empty? Right, right. That's the situation. When did, um, when did Almost Never Was come out? I just wanna get the exact date, because I feel like it, it there, there was like some different releases around that album, your, your debut okay. album. Like, I feel like it showed up on iTunes probably in 2008, but I feel like it was floating around before that. Like when when did it actually right. come out? Okay, so actually the first step was me doing the single deal with the now defunct Subverse Music, where I did a maxi single, Rhyme Fluid, which had um, four songs on it: Beautiful Experience, Grit, um, Wisdom, and Rhyme Fluid. Mm-hmm. So I put those four songs with uh, like maybe seven or eight more songs that I had done okay. up to that point that I had you know picked out. Because I just knew that I needed to put something out. I have done a ton. I had done a ton of features at that point. 
and I was ready to get the music out. Um, I'm going to still say it was around, because JR, you know, Beat Vision, put it out in 2008. <laughs> I know specifically I did it after my son was born. He was born in 2007. So 2008 was the original release date for Almost Never Was. Okay. But some of those songs had been out since like 2002 because that's when the vinyl came out. So that that's probably, if you had heard, you know, because Ron Fluid, you know, when back when there was CMJ, you know, Ron Fluid was one of those um, records that had charted on CMJ for several weeks. Um, so... So that's, I would say that's what it is. But the album actually, I put it together after I had my son. Mm. So it was like 2008. Yeah, yeah that was like the first track on the, on the album too. Right. Um, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that definitely caught my attention when I saw that album was the cover artwork and the like the red, gold, and green theme that you had going on. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, it was a pretty powerful theme. Tell me a little bit about um, how you came up with the artwork. And um, yeah, go ahead with that. So during that time, I, with the school, I'm a student. I'm always learning. So, and that goes for spirituality, religion, whatever you want to call it, the, you know, the occult, metaphysics. At that point, the school that I was in was the Rastafari, specifically Nyabingi School. Mm, so it makes sense. That, that caricature was actually a picture of me that the artist Goldie Gold, my brother Goldie. Oh, shout out to Goldie, yeah, ATL. made the caricature, and I think at first it was a red, black, and green flag, and I'm like, oh, Goldie, can you do like a red, gold, and green? Or maybe it was, he had the red on top, but it's supposed to be green on top for Nyabingi because we have the, you know, the Ethiopian flag. Okay. And that's a whole lot of extra details, but I'm just trying to, yeah. So that's how that happened. Um, and I thought it was so dope and so striking that I wanted that to be the cover because that represented fully who I was, almost never was because y'all almost didn't get that album. This almost never was, but my wow. baby, I had my son and I was like, yo, I got to do this because I wasted a lot of time before I had him, you know, with music, just getting caught up in other things. So this is just, that was the almost never was because it almost never was. And that's where that came from during that time. I'm, um, and people that were here know that. I mean, I I wore skirts and dresses only. My hair was usually always covered because that was that was part of my liberty. That's what I was living. Mm. Um, so again, I say how I absorb anything I deal with. I become it one hundred percent. Wow. And when time is up, when it's time for me to move on, or when I've gotten what I need to get, then next stage. Got yeah, it. I, I, I what they say talk about it, but I live it. I've lived everything I talk about. <laughs> wow. And it, it makes so much sense because you hear it in the music. Like I said, the music is dense. It's, it's, it's a lot going on. And now that you're actually explaining this, it's making more sense as to why your music is like that. Because you know? woke is really trendy now. Like there's a lot of people who are, you know, getting, getting, getting off, just getting off of the, the look. Right. There's really no substance to the music. I mean, I performed at SOBs in 2002 in a full crocheted skirt that I made by hand. Wow. With Tim's under it. In New York City, Halloween 2002, the day after Jam Master J had been murdered. Packed wow. out SOBs. That's how I came out. With my incense. Right, right. With my incense, because that's how I live. Right, 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 right. You know, that's that wasn't, that wasn't for the show. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. What 
I did. Like, I would be in the club burning incense all the time. Like, up oh, stars here. We smell the incense. Wow. But, of course, now we got to give it up to, to our mother, Erica Badu. Okay, okay. She made that acceptable okay. to a large degree. Yeah, to a larger so, degree, I, yeah. And, again, and she definitely, ooh, you mean I can go outside and do this? Word. People felt more comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, when you see it, it, it does make it, you got to see it. Representation matters. I know that there were, I, you know, there's always someone like, oh, sis, when you said this, and I could really relate to that because I went through that and I never heard anybody. People need to see that. Yeah. Women need to see that you can, you can, you can present yourself in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be A or B. You got A through Z. Wow. You know, because we really, there's like a, it's like a duality. You're either this or you're that on the mainstream level. Yeah. You know, we were talking about MF Doom earlier. I kind of want to bring it back to that. You you showed up on at least three of MF Doom's albums, which I could be mistaken, but I don't know if there's an artist that has showed up like that often in his album catalog. There isn't. Like when I think about it, you're on King Ghidorah's uh, Next Level with JR. You're on Emin Fool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Stacey's absolutely yeah, is on that track. Yeah, yeah. You're on Emin Fool with um as Angelica in Four Eyes. <laughs> I want to talk to you about that Angelica name song. too. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. My own song. And of course, still dope. Which which um you know also appeared on Almost Never Was, but um. I had I had to because I didn't see the thing with Doom. You can do a song and it may be like six years, five years. Right, right, right. It's gonna come out, and at that point, I'm like, this is my song. I'm putting it out. Yeah, Renegade. Oh, so it was supposed to be. (laughs) It was supposed to originally be on a Doom record, huh? Still, dope was supposed to originally be on a Doom project. It was, yes, and it. Wow. But born, born like this didn't come out until 2000. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And again, when you do all the work I did for Doom is a work for hire. So once you do it and you get paid, that's his song. Right. Tell me and about he can he can do with it. He can put it out when he wants to or never put it out. I got paid. I got my writer's credits. I got my get my royalties. Right, right, right. You moved with it. Wow. You know it's crazy because I'm thinking I'm like I was about to ask you what made Doom want to put this record that came out. I think it came out a few years before. People, I, I wrote and recorded Still Dope in 2004. Wow. Right. I, re- I wrote it on a tour bus. I, he was on tour. I was on tour with him when he was opening for Talib Kweli on the Beautiful Struggle Tour. Okay. I wrote that song in the middle of the desert, driving from Las Vegas back cross country. Like he, 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 uh, he had the big room, like on the, the the tour bus had like a had a big room in the back. So the bunks were like you had the front, the kitchen area, couches, whatever, the bathrooms, the bunk, and then you have like a back, like a a den type of thing. But that was his room. Mm. We all had bunks. So he's like, "Yo, star, come, you know, we, we went, you know, we rolled up, we smoked our little slip, whatever." And he's like, "So I'm giving you these beat CDs, and like some of them were Mad Lib beats, wow. some of them were his beats." Like I got, I don't know where it is. I got like a. a so you got, got you got, got tracks over Mad Lib beats. I have Mad Lib beats. Okay. Like, you you just, 
but I dare on a CD somewhere. Okay. Like, Mad Lib does beat CDs. It's like a hundred songs. Yeah, that's true. And it could be some of them are a minute long, some of them are fifty-five seconds, some of them are two minutes. So I have the CD in here somewhere. It's in a red case. I just from moving, I don't I don't know where it is. Okay. But the the actual beat that I picked, it wasn't the one that I picked. It was a Doom beat. Ah, okay. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I have to. I mean, it's, how do you meet Doom again? Uh, like, I'm, I'm not sure if you, you said that earlier. I but did say I met yeah, him you at did. MJQ in like 2000. Yeah, it might have been early 2001, but I think it was 2000. The Micronauts did, um, they had a. Yeah, you did say Micronauts. Yeah. Or like a show. He was there and he heard me rhyme. And then how we connected a year later, 2004. One after I had signed to Subverse, we did a Subverse um, music artist panel mm-hmm. showcase at Club Kaya out here, also no longer here, Club Kaya on Peachtree, um, with all the Subverse artists, and he was there. So I mm-hmm. performed, and I remember JR came and got me after the show, was like, yo, somebody wants to talk to you, Zoom was backstage, was like, yo, you're really dope, I want to work with you, let me get your contact information. He called me like a week or two later, and I was over there in the studio writing and wow. recording verse for next level. So it went quickly. I can't remember the article. I swear I was looking for it today. I could not find it, Star. He was talking but, about me? Yeah, he was talking like really highly of you, but I wanted to get the actual quote. Maybe you can help me with that. He said that I am, these other dudes are all right, but Star, she's just as ill as me. I, that's the only one I'll give that to. She's like a female that, version of me. That's what it was. Cause I knew it was like something impactful he said about you. Yeah. That wow. Was pretty epic. I gotta tell you. I was like, wow. Wow. What is it about these people from Long Island? First, yeah. now Chuck D. Like, what's going on? So you got it. That's you know, yeah. Day. I thought it was Brooklyn this whole time. But <laughs> yeah, Word, it's Long Island for real. It's Long Island wow. for real. <laughs> wow. What, what would you, um, if you had to think, like, what was. What was something like hilarious that you've, 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 you know, a hilarious experience you had from Doom or something that you learned from him that gave like insight to your success? Something that he dropped on me that I will always carry with me. He was like, don't ever date your music. Like when you rapped, don't ever save the year. Don't mm. ever say the year in the song. And that stuck. Don't. He said, don't date your music. Don't ever say the year in any of your rhymes. He also was like, you are a writer. You should be able to write about anything. Even if it's something that you don't personally do. If you're a storyteller, you should be able to take on any. Cause I think it was a song, it was a subject matter, and I was like, I don't feel comfortable writing about this. He said, Then you're not a real writer. Mm. Like, wow. He's like, You're not. You gotta you gotta be able to step outside of yourself. That's why he has all the different personalities. Yeah. That was what Angelica was supposed to be. She was my metal face personality. So Angelica was gonna say all the things this star wow. didn't say. But now Star has evolved into Barbarella. So it's still. Oh, that's another name. Okay, I know the Barbarella track, but I didn't realize that that's an alter yeah, ego Barbarella now. Barbarella is, you know, another, another, uh, you know, that's another level. So, because as I grow as an artist, I shed things, I pick things up, I'm refining myself, 
and um, my the way I write now is not the same as how I wrote it ten years ago. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that was something that he really he said. Just if if you gotta create other personalities and say stuff that you need to say, do it. You're a writer. You have artistic license. There's nothing that should be off limits to you to write about. Right, and right. He's right. Because some of the my favorite MCs are storytelling writers. Yeah. Because I mean, but people, the thing about the thing about hip hop, the thing about rap is that whenever you say, people think that's exactly what it is. Rappers are the only ones who are uh, like not allowed to talk about something from like a third person right. type of, you know, whatever, you know, from a different from different perspective. Am I using that right? No, I got you. Yeah. yeah. And it, it sucks because then you, you there's a thin line, like, well, you saying, you saying that you did something, but you didn't do, but if it's another personality, mm-hmm. we're very hard on MC. We're just, yeah, we're very, we're very tough on them. We're very hard on them. I'm not saying that people should be, should front, but I think as a writer, if you want to write a story, you should be able to write a story. Right, right. You know what I'm no, saying? I agree with that. A writer first. I'm a writer first. I'm a writer. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to be, well, I can't, I can't write about this because I never, you know, directly experienced it. I mean, I never been in a war either, but if I wrote a rhyme and I talked about war, that, you know. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like we we get, we kind of get really like Amelia Bedelia about certain things. Right, right, right. I, I that that makes so much sense, like that piece of insight that he gave you, because it, it represents what he's known for, you know. So that's dope. Yeah, he gave me the keys to the cups. <laughs> <laughs> nice punch. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I listen. I mean, I probably have one of the longest relationships with him out of any of the people that he has worked with. I mean, because a lot of people, you know. Doom will like leave you alone and then come back. Mm. And some people he never comes back to. He mm. kept coming back to me. I mean, there was a gap where I didn't talk to Doom for seven years. Mm. And during that time, that's when I put my own music out. Because what else was I supposed to do? Sit around and wait for him? Right, 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 right. Yeah, you've always been, even though you don't have a lot of like full length projects out, like you've always been busy. I, I feel like. Yeah, the features. Yeah, the features have kept you, yeah. And you're visible too. Like you make sure that you're out there. Like you know, you're still, you know, people still see you. So I could definitely dig that. Yeah. How's your relationship with him now? I mean, are you still uh, in communication with him? Who? Doom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I am. I mean, uh, in a non, more like in a non-traditional way, because right. really I speak more to his wife than I speak to him. Okay. But he's always really been like that. He yeah. does. He's a man of few words. Wow. I he's mean, my favorite MC, by the way, of all time. He, he yeah. is a hundred percent like the character. I mean, he just <laughs> really is like this genius, this misunderstood genius. That yeah. He's so freaking smart. Like the last time I saw him, he was making you know like orgone pyramids. <laughs> You know, we were talking about putting the iodine in the shea butter to use for sunblock. Like, he's listening to Dr. Jewel Pukram and Bobby Hemmings. and he's brilliant. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's stuff that I'm into, too. So, aside from being MCs, another connection that Doom and I had was because, you know, he was an Ansar. 
um, him and Sub Rock were Ansars, you know, in the Peach Fudge video where they have the white Jalabias on and they were out there with the books and, you know, Tablika people. I mean, that that was them living in the Ansar community. Mm-hmm. And the fact that though, that they represented in that video like that was powerful. Like, wow. I mean, they had the scrolls. They had scrolls in the video. Now, when I was little and I was watching Peach Fuzz, I didn't know who Dr. York was. Wow. I didn't know what an Ansar was, right? But here goes those connections again. But when I went through, when I started going through my, my quest, there were people all around me. Like, I went to school with, like, a Mukminun. Like, a, that's a child who grew up in the task. Right. right. I did. His locker was right next to mine. The end of the school year one year, he's like, hey, you want these books? He gave me a bunch of old Ansar scrolls. I didn't even look at the books. I put them in the basement. And when I started studying, I will never forget, I went into the basement, and I'm like, holy crap. This dude gave me all of these Ansar scrolls, and I had no idea that I had them. But now this is what I'm, I'm studying was at a mall one day and a man told me like a blue wow. revelation he was just telling me like sister did you know that uh, black people are the first people on the planet and, da, 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 da. and he was just breaking and I was like word he tell, tell me about the crystal city and all this and I was just like that was like the most amazing thing I had ever heard and it was in that same time right around the time I had read the Malcolm X autobiography so I was right. wow. but I didn't put the pieces together until I started studying in this past that I had people around me had given me the pieces. So when Doom found out that I, we went to the last, we went to the last class that Dr. York did before they came and raided the land in Eatonton. Me and Doom and, and uh, Hassan Chop. And I think Four Eyes went with us. Is that the same Four Eyes that's on, like, Four Eyes from Ultra Beats? Is that the same Four Eyes from Ultra Beats? Yeah, he's also on. He's the one, yeah, that's on that record, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he helped me write the chorus. Shout out to Four so, Eyes, um, yeah. Because I, I really sucked at choruses back then. I've gotten a lot better, but that was also my way of including a friend of mine and somebody who was a talented artist that I wanted to, ha- to have that level of exposure because I knew that the record was going to be on a Doom album. Mm. I knew that. Wow. So I, I wanted to bring somebody with me. Um, so that was another thing because we connected there. He, I think he probably loved that even more than the fact that I rhymed, like that, that I, you know, knew about the information. Right, right, right. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm sitting up here like, dang, Monty really that's, is. That's a while back too when you think about it, right? Yeah. But just the connection. The yeah, connection, like yeah. 2003. Wow. Yeah, it's been like the closest 20 years. But just how it all connects so nothing for me is ever coincidental mm. i don't believe in coincidence yeah because my life is a testament of how interconnected and deliberate things are but it's just about the timing yeah you can trust the timing of your life it all even even the even the whole connection with new york and all of that there's yeah. a reason why people from new york were drawn to me because they were supposed to be so that i would be that I would have the platform that I have. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because even living here, I've met, I, I mean, I've met a lot of people from, you know, Dungeon Family. I saw them coming up, and even though they knew that I rhymed, I just, you know, I never, I never got pulled into that. It was always love, but yeah. I never got pulled into that. The East, the East Coast, you know, the people from New, New York, New Jersey, Philly, that was always who, who pulled. Yeah. You know, so... Wow. That's where the love is. Not to say that I didn't have love here, but I'm just saying I got 
like inundated, like just showered with love. Right. You know. So wow. you you released uh your second album and your most updated full length, right? Um Mother Nature with a Molotov with a Molotov. Uh, I think it was like sometime in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> right. April um, 23rd, I believe, 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And one of one of the things I remember is that you one of the you were one of the first hip hop artists that I recognized going the fully independent route. And and this is what I mean by this. Before I didn't really see a lot of artists releasing music on Bandcamp just themselves. Like they were always kind of like connected. They might've been connected to like an independent label, but I just remember like to get this album, you had to purchase it directly from you on Bandcamp, but I don't remember you being attached to a label. No, um, I, I right. wasn't, not at that time. I mean, that Mother Nature with a Molotov was a labor of love. I did everything. I paid for everything on wow. my own, the artwork. I mean, I did everything you know, by no label backing. I mean, I had support, you know, and definitely got some love, family, homie prices. But you broke up a little I, bit. I paid. Say, you know? say it again. You broke up a little bit. I did everything in terms of finances. I, I financed everything myself. Oh, is this, is it, can you hear me clearly? Yeah, I hear you. You just broke okay. up for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and wow. that, you know, that was a lot. I mean, I'm proud of myself for doing it because that really was my labor of love. I mean, I did everything, the arrangement, everything. Even picked wow. the movie that I wanted the sound by. I mean, that's my baby. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what, I wanted to ask you, I was like, what what, what uh, inspired that solo business move, right? Because like, like, like I was saying, like nowadays people put out music and they might record it maybe overnight <laughs> and then it goes up online they don't have to worry about no label they put it out but i feel like you were doing that 2012 although it wasn't that long ago it's still a lot has changed in terms of how we get music like i don't even think streaming was as big as it was at that time but you already seem to be like ahead of the curve like what inspired those kinds of like business mindsets for you i just didn't like, want to so wait on anybody else i mean i didn't want to have to go like run into some label and like oh can you put me you guys put my album out? i hate asking people for shit that's why <laughs> i've learned to ask for help a lot more now but back then i was like man i ain't waiting i'm gonna put do my own thing yeah 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 but um a team is very important for an independent artist, that's what I learned from Mother Nature with a Molotov. You need a team. If, or you need to know how to do everything well by yourself. And I mean, from the Photoshop to, you know, video, shooting your own videos. And I don't have that, all of those skill sets. So that, you know, makes it a little bit more difficult when you, difficult, in, in, yeah. when you can't do it for yourself and then you have to outsource and get other people because then you have to wait on people. That was, that's the worst thing, having to wait on somebody else. Yeah. You know, I dig that. Yeah, there's a there's a um a interlude on that album. In fact, that album is made up of a lot of different skits where, well, I won't say skits, but like interludes where you have certain artists kind of bigging you up and encouraging you, right? Which is so dope. Um, but there's one uh that features, I believe, A. Rashid. Yes. And he says, um, 
the world is a safer place because you're here. Right. You know, real talk. He says he appreciates you. His daughter appreciates yes, you. Yes. All the brothers of the world appreciate you and their sons, right? Yes. In terms of your music and how it has inspired other women or other girls, what's some of the most rewarding feedback you've gotten as far as like your impact on, you know, other women or maybe sisters out there? Like, when, when a mother can come to me and say, my, my daughter can actually listen to you. And even if you do cuss sometimes, it's still okay because the content that you have overrides all of that. You know, that she, she can see that there is another, you can be a woman that rhymes and you can have natural hair. You can be a woman that rhymes and you can talk about, you know, these things you can, you know, just again, like I said, not being A or B, mm. being something different. I mean, a lot of people say that I pay, I can play my music for your children, for my children. Mm. And nope. even and even if you do cuss, I don't mind that because of the content. Yeah, I was gonna um, say like I I don't really hear much cursing and like I don't really hear much profanity. I mean, there's a couple. I, I went through a I phase really where I. Did, where I didn't cuss at all. I didn't cuss at all. I mean, I cussed in my personal life. I mean, here's my thing because I study etymology. I don't, the only real cuss word as far as etymology is concerned is damn. Everything else, it, you, you break down to etymology, it's, it is what it is. But again, programming and with our people specifically, programming really does a number on us. Mm -hmm. um, because I can, I can take, take all them cuss words and show you something positive in them. But damn is the one. Wow. That's, that's Never the only knew that. one that you can actually be damn somebody. <laughs> you can harm them. But um, yeah, that's, or having like little girls that rhyme and they're like, well, I wanted to rhyme. I want to rhyme and you inspired me to rhyme type of thing. Yeah. Like there's a young lady right now. She's on um, Instagram. Her name is Sly Zaya. She's eight years old. I think she's in Virginia and she is just so amazing. Wow. And, you know, she understands the pockets, you know, when you rap, she knows where her pocket is. So when she's rhyming, she's in her little eight year old pocket and she's doing better than a lot of grown adults that I know wow. that are professional artists. Um, that's the dope part, being able to see or seeing younger sisters that are coming up that are dope and have potential um, and are doing their own thing. Like there's a sister out of Chicago named Kia Abdul. And I think that she is, is just amazing. There's this sister in Savannah named uh, Geechee Aris. Same way, Brittany Carter is also in Chicago. Just really, really dope. Um, these, they have their own style. You know, they, they, they're, they're doing their own thing. And it's something that's different. Like they're not trying to be like, what the mainstream is showing them that they right. have to be. Um, that's what I love. Cause I know coming up for me, I always wanted like a big sister in hip hop. I always had the big brothers. I have one now, <laughs> but I kind of feel like I, I was that big sister for right. a lot of women that came after me because mm. I understood the importance of having a woman that has the experience of going through this industry and doing this thing we have a lot of different challenges that we face that men don't necessarily. Right. Right. You know, and I would have, I would have really loved to have had that big sister at certain occasions. 
mm. you know, I would meet people, but it would be like a fleeting, a fleeting thing. But like the relationship I had with Doom, to have that with a woman that was like an OG MC to me would have, I feel like really helped me um, excel in a different kind of way. So, um, yeah. Did I, that I kind of, I felt no, like that was, that was, was great. That was great. But yeah, I am, I am all for women in hip hop. Um, completely. I'm very supportive of women. And I don't think that there is any woman that supports women in hip hop more than I do. I will go on the record saying that. I and I, and I have a track record of that. So, um, I think sometimes women feel intimidated by each other because they are used to being the only woman that rhymes around. So when they get around other women that rhyme, sometimes that can shake some people. Yeah. You know, cause we're all, most of us are used to being the one. So when the ones get together, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody doesn't handle that well. Most people do. Yeah. But there's always somebody that's going to be a little shaky because they used to being the one, getting all the attention for being the one. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So it's, it's, a, it's very interesting because women are very competitive. Women, women that rhyme, and I don't care what they say, I ain't competing against nobody but myself. No, we're competitive. And it's, yeah. and it's because I think that they don't want to let there be more than one woman. So there's almost, even if it's a subconscious thing, the level of competition is so yeah. fierce within yeah. women that rhyme because yeah. first of all, we do have to work harder to even be acknowledged That's true. and listened to. We've got to be like a hundred times better than the wackest dude. And sometimes people still don't want to give you your credit and mm. your respect. Wow. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I had to, I had to, to say that I did because yeah. I definitely and maybe it's a generational thing I mean the women I came up with directly like my peers because just because you rhyme and you're a woman doesn't make you my peer I mean the women who when I was out in 2002 and 99 and 2000 those same women the edge days and the pre's and the heroines and the Thai phoenixes you know the ones that were around back then those were my my peer my peer group the women who were out when I was out. I don't remember, I don't remember there being a whole lot of competitiveness. I think yeah. that with this resurgence of these this new crop of women that came up over the last decade, they really pit them, it's either this one or that one. This right. one or that one. Yeah. When there's so many different lanes that there's room for all of us and no and no one should feel the need to have to malign someone else for a spotlight because there's so many spotlights in so many lanes. Yeah, I was well, gonna, women are I was, competitive, no matter what they say. Yeah. Stop lying, sis. You know you're competitive. It's okay. I was gonna I was definitely gonna ask I'm competitive. I mean like so ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be number one? <laughs> right, right, right. But I gotta say you you're absolutely right. Like what I admire about you is that camaraderie that you share with other sisters of hip hop particularly um, the Kill Bill 3 track that you did with, um, as you were saying, Ty Phoenix and Queen Heroin. Like, yeah. I could just see, like, from the video that you guys did, I could see just how natural and how easygoing the vibe was. Yeah, we're really and friends in real life. Like, we're really, just, we yeah. really love each other. Like, that's, like, 
it's real. And see, you can't fake that. So that's my thing. Again, anything can be made into a gimmick. Like I was talking about the whole woke thing. Anybody can put that costume and that face and say those, you know, magic words. But when it is real and when it's authentic, you can you can feel just like when it's fake you can feel and you can tell because there's a lot of people who talk about sisterhood and god is this and god is that and you know but do they live it is that what they're practicing and applying in their world because i mean it's cool now to be a goddess and it's cool to talk about sisterhood and empowerment because that's what's cool right now yeah yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying and i'm not and again you would hope that people are doing and saying these things sincerely but this is also the entertainment business right right and people have images and sometimes our images are not who we are in real life you know word word but yeah as far far as that yeah that's you couldn't fake that and it couldn't have been done with any other three people it had to be the three of us because no no one else would have gotten on that song and then did what we did you see, that what I wanted to ask you was like, in the midst of all the competitiveness that you say that does exist between women in hip hop, right? How, how were y'all able to make, that, to make that connection and make it be so easygoing beyond the competitiveness? Like, well, again, we all brought our A game, but the goal and the purpose of the song right. was bigger than anyone's individual agenda the purpose of the song was to kill bill the purpose of the song was for people who have been forgotten or people want to act like they don't have a legacy or because they haven't put out a a song in you know five years or three months or however long people's attention spans are like think about the movie kill bill they thought they killed Beatrix Kiddo and they left her for dead and that whole movie was about revenge retribution so and, you know and what they, I mean? they, all, they all collectively came together he yeah. came together to kill Bill <laughs> you know he came together to kill Bill so yeah and that's let me just try to clarify being competitive is not a bad thing either. I don't, and I, and I hate when people say, oh, I'm not competitive. Yes, you are, because this is a sport. It's a mental sport. Right. MCN is one of the most competitive. Why do you think people battle? You think they battle so they, so they not battling to win? You've, you, have you been to a battle? People say the most horrible things you can think of to win. That is the definition of competition. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, I mean, y'all didn't play sports. Who runs track? Well, I don't want to win the 100 meter because I want all my sisters to win. I'm, come on, man. I'm trying to win. I'm smoking all y'all. Eat my dust. I still love you, though. Right, right. But I want the gold medal. <laughs> That's what I mean. You just want you, you want to be the best. And I don't know a word other than competitive that yeah. equals to that. Men compete. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand why women feel like we got to No, it's okay to compete. Because yeah. on the mic, it's competition. Now, afterwards, we're going to go eat. We're going to drink. We're going to do what we do. We're going to party together because we love each other. But I'm here to win. But it's dope when you can see the qualities in each other, right? You could be like, yo, you wrecked it. You know what I mean? Like We all bring something still, different. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing about it, why it works 
so well. Everyone has a different style. That's true. That's true. So when you know your lane, different style, you know yeah. your lane, and you ride out in your lane, you don't gotta yeah. worry about it anyway because you're gonna always win. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe the competitiveness comes when people feel that their style and your style are similar. Mm. I would say. Mm. Wow. You know, because ultimately I'm trying to outdo myself. I don't think I've ever gotten on a track and said, let me, I'm going to smoke this bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think like that. I'm like, nah. How can I outdo what I did the last time? Yeah. I could, I could dig it. That, that's, I could, um, I could relate to that. And I, I would say even for me, when I do interviews, like, I try not to listen. I do that with dudes, though. When I'm on tracks with men, I'm, I'm trying oh, to smoke all of them. <laughs> oh, dope, dope. Well, what, you know, there's different strategies, right? right. You, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta use different strategies <laughs> for different situations, you know? Right. <laughs> so there's another song um, on uh, the Molotov album called In It, Never Of It. One of my favorite tracks on that album. I think it features C. Ray's Walls and Book Brown. Another and Eagle song. Nebula, yes. Eagle Nebula, yep, yep. Yeah. Other two other sisters um that I definitely like their music as well. You um let me go to the line. I think I wrote it here just so I could reference it. You say uh, on that outside of illusion, this dimension is confusing. That's why I'm choosing to listen to my heart, a thinking woman's tool. Spent all of them years in school, got me further from the jewel. The truth is. I am all that exists condensed in this vessel. And then you go further on to say, you become what you think. Get your mind right, baby. Because insight 2020, life be crazy. Now, I wanted to quote that because there's a particular line in there that really stands out um, where you say, um, spent all of them years in school, got me further from the jewel. Expound on what you meant by that line. Um. There's so much emphasis that's placed on higher education and a lot of people go to college and they get degrees and things that they cannot get jobs in after they leave school. They have all this debt and a lot of the stuff that we're taught is not even outside of like math and science is not even accurate, mm. especially history, specifically history. I was a sociology major, so I'm taking anthropology classes. I'm doing them. I'm like, yo, this is and I'm here and I'm making good grades, but I'm there's I'm I'm conflicted because a lot of the things that are being told to me in class conflicts with things I've studied in other books that I've read. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then when these things are brought up in class, everybody's looking, you know, they blanks, they blank staring. Right. But um, I think that we forget to think for, for, our, for ourselves and listen to our intuition or, you know, that little, well, I.D. always called it his little black man. So my, and I got that from my little black woman, like that little voice inside of you. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much emphasis placed on looking outside of you for answers. Right, right. Like you can have all this book knowledge and still not know anything. And that's, you know, really what, that brought me right back. When the noble Joel Lee said, "We go all, we go around our elbow to get to our thumb." 
thumbs right here, but we'll take the long way and get to it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well said, well said. Fast forward to 2020, you, you have this new maxi single project with crazy DJ Bizarro. Shout out to Bizarro again. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about how you and Bizarro um, came to collaborate. So Bizarro and I met at A3C in 2014. I think we were like the beat, I think it, the beat miners were DJing and we met like in that room where the deep, where beat miners radio was. Okay. And we were talking and he's like, yo, I think you're really dope. I want to work with you. I'm like, well, look, I want to be with this sample. Like I need you to take this sound bite of guru saying, no way you'll ever make it. Come with that weak shit or break kids. I'm like, I need that. And it took maybe a year or two and he made the beat. Wow. And he sent it to me. And I was like, wow, that's dope. But I was in a transition to where I wasn't really doing music. Mm. So I sat on the beat for maybe like a year, almost two years. And I finally finished writing to that song like 2017. And that first song that we did together, Weak Shit, that was the song. And then he sent me the beat for Pandora. That would be Pandora. Yes. I and then he sent me the song that would be No Doubts. Wow. And no Doubts is an old song. So they were all recorded around that same time. Those three songs were. Okay. And then he sent me some other beats. And I recorded uh, Mother's Milk and Barbarella maybe a year later. Okay. And I wasn't happy with those two songs initially. Like I recorded Mother's Milk twice. I recorded and rewrote parts of Barbarella laid it twice, still wasn't happy. Yeah. So we were working Mother's on a project. So fresh. That's my favorite joint right there. Like Which Mother's Milk. Like it, it, it actually represents what the song is about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, I changed the name. The original name was The Truth. And I'm like, you know what? There's a million songs called The Truth. What am Mother's I really doing choice. in this song? And I'm like, oh, Mother's Milk, work. <laughs> wow. Dope, dope. So sometimes we overthink. Yes. But uh, so that's how that happened because we were in the middle of working on a project you know and I just was at an impasse like I was not happy with those two songs and then Baz you know he was sending me beats but I wasn't connecting with any of them I was like you know maybe we should just like pause mm -hmm. just take a minute and then you know life continued to life and mm -hmm. here we are you know two years later Baz hit me up like March April like yo I was listening to those sessions because I had posted something on Instagram and it made him go you know pull the sessions up and he's like yo these songs are really dope star wow and i'm like well send them to me let me listen to him and i was like dang he's right they are like they aged well wow and so we decided to put them out and then everything you know the thing you know all of the this the stuff with george floyd and the riots and everything so we had decided to put the songs out like a month at least a month prior to that right so even with mother's milk mirroring what was going on in the world but the song was written in 2017, 2018. Wow. Yeah. And, and yeah. it just speaks to how long we've been dealing with this crap. Right. right? At and very, and that, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I feel like hip hop has been, you know, I was talking to my co-host A-Level the other day and we were just talking about like, it seems like since the inception of hip hop, like as far as we know it, as far as lyrics, there's always been songs about 
protesting like police brutality. Absolutely. And, and, and that's going all the way back, you know, like it's crazy when you think about it. Now, um, I like the, the connection that you got, you and uh, Bizarro got going on. Is there any potential that you guys will actually do a full project together? Um, after this, the response that we've gotten, I mean, I definitely told him, I said, we need to, you know, we need to get at least five or six more joints and then just put everything together and release it, you know, yeah. as a full length album, do vinyl because everybody wants vinyl. Yeah. Everybody wants vinyl. Vinyl is very expensive. Yeah. See, that's the downside of not being signed to a label when you got to pay for production. Right, 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 right. Vinyl is yeah. That's expensive. the other yeah. Woo! It's, like, like, it's like the it's like the like the the vinyl heads, you know. I'm right. sure, like, but your fan base is probably full of yeah. And I mean, I respect it. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean. So I definitely do want to make anything going forward available in vinyl. I do because I understand the importance of it. You know. Uh, vital is that's liquid melanin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the right. That's why they got us away from records. That's why they got us away from records because of that. You know, when you go go get away from the analog, and you go into the digital, the soul, the, the digital takes the soul out. That's so deep. you know the records yeah. are literally, you know, like melanin. Wow, I never thought about it from soul. That that oh yeah, the soul. Ooh, stop oh, you that, you deep popcorn. with it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow wow all right um, nah, but think about it now i mean oh, nah, you know, when, you digitize, when you digitize it you take right. the soul out of it that is true the soul that warm yeah because that that's what with the when you put on a vinyl record i go back to my mother lighting her strawberry incense cones and cleaning ah, you man. know and just the covers and the artwork and how dope. Yeah. I would just look at album covers all day as a kid. Yeah. It's atmospheric. Yeah. It's like it's atmospheric. Like you yeah. don't, you're not plugged into a headphone where you're in your little zone, you know? Right. Like, I, you're right. I remember growing up listening yep. to vinyl and it, 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 um, it filled up the whole room. Yep. And like you said, the covers, you got a chance. The big covers, you're looking through it, you're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It makes sense. It was an experience. I yeah. mean, I know every generation has their thing, but I'm just so glad that I, I grew up how, when I grew up. Right. I really am. I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted to live in any other time. Mm. You know, I'm gonna go back to this term you 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 were using earlier, right? And it's funny that you you started using this term because I was like, I got a question on this, so it only makes sense. On on um Mother's Milk, you talk uh, you you reference is you conscious or woke, right? Right. So oh yeah. I come back there. Is you woke <laughs> and, or you conscious? Yeah, is you woke or you conscious? Okay, I had so everybody knows the joke with with with, with Birdman when he went up to the breakfast the breakfast club show and he was right, like, right, right. we finish or y'all done right, right. oh that was your play on it right but also there's a difference between being woke and being conscious prior to this whole woke you know because now it's see let me tell you something being conscious wasn't cool in mm -hmm. the 80s and 90s it wasn't cool you know it was something that you took uh, you know you took a lot of a, a flack for we yeah. were the conspiracy theorists. That, I think still to this day that happens. 
Right. But it's, it's more... Well, woke is more palatable to say that uh, you're woke. Yeah, it's taking on, taking on a whole lifestyle. But the, right? but the consciousness movement that was going on in the 90s, in the early 2000s, you had brothers like Phil Valentine and Brother Panic and uh, a Seer the Duke of Tears and um, who else did we have back then? Uh, the brother, pa Delbert Blair and... Mm -hmm. um, Oh, there's so many people. You know, even Dr. Africa was part of, of that. Uh, that's, that's Queen Afua, you know, um, Jewel Pukram, uh, Dick Gregory. Yes. This is the original, the original, and I know I'm, there's people who I'm not saying, you know, of Steve Coakley, uh, you know, Bobby Hemmett. So um, that was some really powerful information. And for me to be, <laughs> just seeing the things that we were made, you know, kind of, oh, y'all, word, that's what you believe. Uh, okay. Like, you know, those of us yeah, who like like the whole pale horse. Yo, yo, you believe in that, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then how we were written off or, you know, our sanity was questioned and whatnot. But if you look at the world now, a lot of that stuff we were studying is coming to pass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's popping out. They you know they can't keep it concealed anymore but the that consciousness movement again that's the same energy that turned my lights on mm -hmm. you know and so um yeah that was our that was the movement right in right. terms of like paradigm shifting in the 90s and in the early you know 2000 era because a lot of that information you know you had to actually study you had to read books yeah. You had to do real research. You couldn't just go to YouTube and that's the the epitome of wokeness to me is the people who get all the information from a YouTube video and they right. haven't right. ever cracked a book. I used to, yo, it's just I remember like and we didn't even I didn't think twice about it going to buy books. Like if I wanted to know something about herbs, I would have to go. And get this herb book and that herb book and then cross-reference with that. Open that if book, I wanted yeah. to know about this thing, I would have to go and read this book and that book. You actually had to read. Yeah. You had to, you know, you you actually really had to read. You had to have books. Yeah, yeah. You had to do research. And uh, you know, the modern conveniences are helpful, but um the scholarship is important. Because mm. I see a lot of these young scholars or these excuse me, these young people. And they have the fire and they have the passion, but they don't have the scholarship. Mm. I mean, if I, I'm not even like on it like I used to be, but if I can listen to your build and you've said three or four erroneous things in 10 or 15 minutes, you need to step your scholarship up. Because mm. mm. I'm not even trying to chop, you that, chop it down and I'm able right. to chop it down just be, because of the knowledge base that I have. Right. What what do you think gets so when I when I think about this this term woke as you as you just defined it which which makes perfect sense, what do you think gets in the way of the work the work person I'm seeing the work I'm sorry the woke person I'm tripping up over my words what do you think gets in the way of the work woke person or the person that's conscious um, from becoming active right. So the, the, the consciousness then move, then activates into some type of action that's progressive towards change. Because we're not, the checks and balances aren't there. 
I mean, you can just say something and you don't have to back it up. Mm, okay. So I think that it's a lot of, again, uh, things change and things evolve. So now, and not all people who are woke don't have scholars. See, this is why I, I don't like doing the, the either or, because that's just the, the duality thing is so third dimension yeah. and we really are moving beyond 3D and into, you know, 5D to where it, it isn't even either an either or type of situation, which is yeah. also going to scramble a lot of people's brains because everybody's like, oh, it's either good or bad. It's either right or wrong. It's either left or right. And I'm like, none of that even exists when you get, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's, it's levels. It's yeah, levels yeah. upon levels and upon levels. And, and a lot of people are, are rooted and stuck in that good or bad, mm. light or dark. No, it's all one. It's just the frequency. Right. Right. So I think it's the application because you can read all the books, but if you haven't applied any of what you've read, then you don't know it. You don't understand it. You have mm. to put it to work. And I think that that's what happens. Mm. That people are not, uh, you know, are not being put in positions where they actually have to show and prove as as the gods and earths would say indeed indeed you know wow because it's really it's, it's easy like i said it's easy to 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 dress you know to dress a certain way and you know yeah. become a vegan and do all the things all the stereotypical things that that are said to, or that people who are conscious do people think that that's what makes you conscious and that's not it yeah 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 None of, but but if you are conscious, you probably will do these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you go through? Because you spoke earlier about going through different stages, right? How'd you go through these different stages, you know, of different schools of thought, right? And come out where you're like, it's, I feel like what you've experienced kind of like are just like, pieces of you now right and it's made it's for this whole new person now absolutely um yeah how how how, how does the how is that manifested to the person you are now okay so with everything that i've dealt with something spoke to me so mm. just like with rhyming when they told me you're not a real mc if you don't rhyme off the top of your head i'm like well i don't want to be a poser i'm not gonna be fake i'm not gonna be fronting i'm not gonna be phony if this is what it takes to be a real MC, then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to know as much as I can know about the culture. I'm going to immerse myself in it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to do my history. I'm a, I'm a researcher. I'm a scientist. Like that's my nature. So if I'm going to deal with something, I'm going to get all the way into it. I'm not going to, I don't want to sit on the sideline in the periphery. I want to know, I want to have the full experience. So when I'm drawn to something, I completely, completely immerse myself in it because right. how else am I going to learn? Yes, how else are you going to learn if you don't apply? Yeah. So that's, that's why when I say everything that I have, it's like, well, dang, how can she? And I know it's really like, oh, a woman from Memphis, Tennessee, there was a Diabigi Rasta. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm more Orthodox church and, you know, she's a board. Like, how does it, yeah. but, I I'm more interested to see how you kept going from one to the next to the next. Because something I didn't have, I was still something else I needed. 
if, uh -huh. even with even with what I got from those things, that wasn't it. Some of them I had a revelation. I mean, I know when I was Rasta, I was meditating one day and Holly Selassie came to me in the meditation and was like, stop worshiping me. Whoa. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. And that's a very personal thing that I, have, yeah. I don't share with everybody, but I was sitting in, you know, I was meditating because I was, it was something that I was, I was feeling torn and he came to me. He came to me in a meditation and he was like, this is not what you need to be doing. Wow. You just, you know, you like, you, yeah. I mean, like, don't worship me because you and I are the same. You're Pisces, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're tapped yeah, in. I mean, you know, Heidi Selassie come to you and be like, stop worshiping me, son. <laughs> don't yeah. do it. That's I mean, that's my personal revelation. Right, right, right. Of course. So I, for for me and the mission that I have, he's like, nah, you you good. Like, you got what you needed. Wow. So that is always going to be a piece of me forever because I learned a lot of valuable lessons in that school. But the 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 where I was with it, it wasn't. It was it wasn't. It didn't have everything that I needed. Mm to continue evolving. Got it, got it. How, how have you been able to balance motherhood, a day job, and your music career and still be successful in taking care of all three? Well, I mean, at different, at different intervals, it, it was very difficult uh, when my son was younger, and that is really what prompted me to take that break that I took. Because with music, I mean, you have to really, really hit whatever it is that you hit to be able to sustain and take care of your family uh, off of it. And that wasn't happening for me. Mm. So I had to make a decision. You know, I was like, you know, I need to make more money. And this hustling with the music is not working. I have a certain way that I want to live. And I'm going to have to find another, another outlet. Mm. So um, when I got the, you know, I got the job, I got a, go you know, I got a federal government job and it took time for me to work up to where I'm actually like, you know, a career and I'm, you know, got the pension and all the fringe benefits, but it took me almost five years to get there. Wow. So, um, but you know, the long term there, as far as benefits and things like that, I was like, this would be great for me having a child mm -hmm. and I know that at least certain things I'll, I will be able to you know rely on and I won't have to worry and then I can go back to doing the music because I have the foundation now yeah but then you know you get comfortable sometimes like hey that check's coming every two weeks so <laughs> do I really need to go write that verse tonight <laughs> I'm gonna get paid anyway next <laughs> Friday so so, so to a degree, um, it's, there's, you know, there's been different points. Now that my son is getting older, mm. um, I can kind of get back into the music with a little bit uh, less limitations. Right. You know, just because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to put the music before your children. And yeah. that's a thing that... I don't know how many men have to face a decision like that, 
but I feel like that may be a reason too why more women aren't further with the music because they've had to choose between being a mother, a wife, or being an artist. Uh, the music business is not set up for women who value their family more than music. Yeah. Because mu because the business makes you choose. It's going to be a family or it's going to be this. So being an independent artist, you definitely have way more trouble. But on a mainstream level, I was really shocked to see, uh, I don't really want to deviate the conversation, but it's sure. relevant. When Cardi had that baby at the height of her career, mm. but she kept going. And see, Lauren had a baby and Lauren stopped. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it was like, to her, motherhood was the choice that she made. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge decision to have to choose. Yeah. You know? So um, I was very shocked to see that, you know, to see the sister have to go ahead and go through and have the baby. Mm. And she and she still maintained the career. Wow. Which makes so, me... Because, I mean, that's, that's not usually always the case. <laughs> mm -hmm. To be able to bounce right back and keep you know, keep going so but it, it's not and I, I figured that out a long time ago you know you you will have to choose at some point mm -hmm. and I feel like women are the ones that have to make that choice more than than men do and that's just what it is no it makes perfect sense and it, it gives me a lot more appreciation and respect for you you know because like I said you've you, even though you haven't put out a lot of projects, you've still been out there. And, and I, I can only imagine just even to keep up by doing the features and, you know, being visible, that's a challenge too. It can be. Yeah. When did you get to the place where you was like, you know what, I'm gonna go this, I don't know, this traditional job route, right? I don't know how to say, or nine to five route, or when did you was like, you know what, it might take me a little time. Like, I got to give it to you. Like, it took you, you said you took you about five years to find your foot in this, you know, in this, in, in as far as your, your career, you right. know, at, you know, um, the traditional route. Right. But um, when did you say, like, when did it hit you? Like, you know what? I really got to take my time with this and focus on something that's going to be sustainable for my child. Well, I mean... Um, I'm a solo, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a single woman co-parenting right. with that's, that's the father of, yeah, I don't want to say I'm a single mother. I'm a single woman co-parenting my right. child. Right. Um, and, you know, there were situations where um, I had to carry more of the weight just because of some things that were going on that were out of the control you know, that were out of, that were out of our control. Mm -hmm. Right. And so even if that wasn't the case, um, I feel as an independent person, I don't ever want to be a hundred percent reliant on anyone else because I did do that. Mm. And I know there's a lot of people that say that they, you know, they want to be in a situation where they're, everything's paid for and they're being kept. You have to give up something in those situations mm. you're not getting taken care of and not having to do something mm. you know what i mean and I, and and i felt like because i was living this 
you know, I'm a stay-at-home mother, wife, whatever the case may be. I gave up my independence. Mm. I gave up a lot of my independence. And I didn't ever want to be in a situation like that again because to recover from being in a situation like that, it took for it it takes a very long time to recover from giving up your independence. Mm. It wow. can. Wow. Like when you just put all your eggs in a particular basket and then that basket is knocked over and all the eggs break and then you have no eggs and no basket. Mm. <laughs> so that is why I did that because I knew that in the long run, um, things, you know, the health insurance benefits and just, you know, the other things that come with that, I knew that that would make, I just want to make sure that my son was okay no matter what happened. Yeah, And that's real because I don't think people, I feel like even like with social media and stuff, a lot of us just naturally show the the good outcomes, right? We don't really show. Right. I think it's normal for most of us to do that, not to show the challenge. A highlight reel. Yeah, it's like a highlight reel of what's near. It's so funny, though, because this morning I seen you post when you were promote helping to promote this interview tonight. You were like, um, I'm at work trying to promote. I was like, that was See, real. And, like, I, and, I, and, I, and I have to be very careful of how... I say things because of because I you know people perceive uh, things based on how they see things. Yeah. So it's it's hard for me to be at work and then and be trying to do the other stuff because I'm in a mail truck all day. So yeah. I got like you know anytime I get a chance to stop, it's just I don't get to have the sit down time until after I leave work right, but if right. I know that there's something that needs to be promoted I don't want to wait until I get off work at four o'clock five o'clock yeah. to promote it do you know what I'm saying yeah. but I may not put all the details that's the thing that you know like I mean I'm gonna forget to tag people sometimes I'm not gonna act and yeah. I know that's like a big thing with social media but that drives mm -hmm. me crazy like if I posted this video before and you know this person directed it, do I have to tag his name word, every word, word. time I post a video? I hear you. I hear you. Wow. <laughs> and I just see that's a social media, though people who that's a skill set. It like is. I I mean, people should get paid to run social media pages. Yeah. For people who wow. don't want to. Because that is a skill set. It really is. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a '70s baby. I, so I'm like, how y'all do that? What's this? How are they doing that? How did they go in that? Oh, that's Photoshop. Oh, okay. I was leaving high school, and they were just starting to make like the computer classes part of the curriculum. So I didn't even. My son grew up on a computer. You know, my son can type QWERTY, and I'm like, how did you learn how to type QWERTY? I can't even type QWERTY. So, but, but I'm, I mean, I'm being real and I know that a lot of people again only do the you gotta be real though like y'all right. I, I I don't have a problem telling somebody I don't do this particular thing well or mm. I have to have because I have I get overwhelmed right. energetically when a lot of things are coming at once I, 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 I get my and my anxiety flares a little bit so I have to I want to make sure that I can do everything the way and give everything the attention that it deserves 
but okay. we made it happen. So Definitely. that's the most important thing. But I was just like, look, because I knew I left some things out. That's why I was like, and I just put, hey, if you're around tonight, join me. Because yeah. I didn't, I just had the picture, and I'm like, don't the picture have the picture has all the information, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I'm like, oh, maybe maybe there's something extra that they need, so that's why I just repost. Reposting is my best friend. I like to yeah, repost. So I don't easy, have to right? say yeah. anything. I just repost. It's repost. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. See, you hadn't posted yet, so that's what. And I'm like, dang, I felt. Bad. Okay, okay. I, I could have kept that. I could have kept that in my head. I could have. Okay. See, my friend said that's being passive aggressive. Nah, you yeah. you good. You good. You good. <laughs> I saw when you posted it the first time. But um, I, I want to, before I close out, I just had this one last question. I, I got to say, it was definitely a pleasure talking to you today. I thank you for your time. Oh, you're you know, welcome. And thank we you. This was really good for me too. This has been very, I don't think I've ever had an interview this in depth. <laughs> I, no, no. The, the, yeah, this was a really good one. Probably mm -hmm. one of my favorites that I've ever done. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, that's a pleasure to hear. Yeah. My last question to you is, um, what position must a woman in hip-hop be in in order for hip-hop to thrive in its most respectful and glorious form? So in terms of Ooh. the presence and the representation of the woman in hip-hop, what position must a woman be in for hip-hop to really thrive in its most respectful and glorious form. I think that if we continue how we're going now, I, I feel like we will get there. See, the thing is, there are so many women that rhyme that are giving us so many different aspects to femininity, to womanhood. Um, for whatever reason, all of those facets are not getting the attention and the light I think that the more diverse the representation is, we're gonna naturally have no choice but to go with with the representation and go with the you know go with the the uh, the evolution because we are evolving, mm -hmm. you know. So um, at a certain point, people are gonna get tired, really get tired of certain things, and they're not gonna want to hear it anymore. Like when a lot of these artists started doing these protest records, who you had never heard speak before I'm like, oh, so y'all can talk about other stuff. Mm. Okay. And see, my thing is, I don't really judge how a person um, chooses to artistically express themselves in terms of their content. I'm really more of a, is, the, is your music, does your music sound good? Mm -hmm. Is my, as a bigger concern for me, because I don't expect everybody to rap about the stuff I rap about. And I, I actually don't want that. I like to listen to different things. I don't want everyone to be rapping about the same thing. I don't, and this is my personal thing. I'm really big on artistic freedom, you know, freedom of expression. If you don't like it, don't listen. That's mm -hmm. me. But is the quality of the music that you are putting out, does it sound good? Right. Are the beats good? Is it mixed well? Uh, is it mastered well? Are you in the pocket? Are you trying to cram 17 words where there's only space for 10? And it sounds like that's what you're doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a bigger issue to me, the quality of the music. Mm -hmm. The quality of it. 
Mm-hmm. So I feel the more we embrace the quality and the diversity, um, if it's if if people are are seeing that having the different again, aspects of themselves. I'm sorry. I think that the more that the more diversity an artist has, or the more that they're that they're embraced when they're doing different things. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a box either. I don't want people to only allow me to make conscious quote unquote conscious music. Although everything right. I'm gonna do is gonna have consciousness in it because that's how I think. Right. But I also like to have fun. You know, I also have, you know, I think that trips, I think another thing that trips people as like that, you know, they, they have this misconception that being conscious or, you know, being awake and aware means that you don't have fun, you don't laugh, you don't crack jokes, you don't have sex, you know, you don't go to parties, you don't smile. Uh, and I, I think that's such a very a limiting and linear way of mm-hmm. thinking, you know, uh, it is. Yeah, and that that's why you know I've 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 worked a lot on kind of getting out of this box right. that people have tried to out put me box. in because yeah. it it makes them feel so comfortable. Yeah, you know. Wow. But I think What's the that? more that um we evolve, the music is gonna and the music is 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 evolving, and there's so many more women right now putting out good quality, diverse mm. music. You know, so wow, yeah, because I don't, I, I think that, and then two men are gonna have to support it and embrace it. That's true. I mean, it's here. I don't really think it's so much what what else do women need to do. I think we're doing enough. I think Look, it's, I w- it's funny you said that because I'm I'm also asking the question as as to like what men need to do right well like what you need to be yeah support us and not just because you want to sleep with us or not because you think we're pretty you know support us when our music is good mm-hmm. producers ogs mm-hmm. who have platforms who only work with men that are artists for mm-hmm. whatever nepotism or whatever reason give someone you don't have a personal connection to that actually makes good music a chance that's what chuck d did because yeah. i don't have a personal relationship with chuck d i've met chuck one time he's a legitimate and sincere fan of mine all that stuff yeah. he's doing he really fucks with that record yeah he's a fan he's like i'm a fan yeah i have no ulterior motive yeah that's what we need word that's 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 i so mean true. That couldn't have been a more perfect, yeah, Chuck D is, I mean, he blowing me up like I'm his artist. <laughs> yeah, I saw your post. You've been playing it on um his um his station, right? Um, that's his song yeah. of the summer. He's, up celebra- he's celebrating his birthday to that song. Yo, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> that is so he's dope. He's like, I almost missed a flight listening to Barbarella. He's like, fuck it, I missed the flight. I couldn't get out the car. I When he said, y'all almost cried watching that. I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? right now the reason why i brought that up too because there's a saying that a nation is only as successful as how it treats its women right and i if i had to compare hip-hop to a nation i feel like you know that's a worthy question like at what point 
where, where does the woman have to be within hip hop for us to really get this thing where it needs to be, right? Like in terms of the, the level of success or the level of respect that I feel like hip hop is still growing, right. even though it has its foundation that is pretty strong, right? But I feel like we still got some ways to go in terms of we do. respect overall, you know? But art yeah. imitates life. So I think the more true. people get get their self, again, they get their self, because again, I've always had a lot of support from 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 the from men, you know, that I've worked with and just men and you know, I, my my fan base is largely male. So I, I could never say that I'm not being supported. I mean, am I supported to the level where I'm able to live off of my music? No. But there's a lot of other factors involved in that as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but I, I think at this point, you know. The, the boys club is going to have to go. And that's why the FEMC thing to some women is damaging and detrimental. Because if you can make us a female MC, then some feel like they don't have to respect us with the same level of respect as, you know, like are we, we're not your equal because we're female MCs. Yeah. But a dope MC is a dope MC with or without a record deal. All can be. <laughs> wow. I'll say for the record star, like, I've never saw you in that way, even though I know you're a female MC. Like, you, you. Can, I'm a woman that's an MC. A woman that, that raps, right? Um, <laughs> a woman that MCs. I've never saw you in that way because you just bring it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I started off by talking about how dense your lyrics is. Like, that's, that's, that's all you. You know what I mean? That, that represents you. And I think when you talk about the different stages of, experience that you've been through right the different areas of knowledge that you've gained it just shows that you've always been true to you and that is that yes is exemplified in your music absolutely so i think whenever you're true to you you always it's, it's 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 like what you were saying earlier about this whole idea of like you only competed against yourself but that's because you're being true to you right you're looking for the best in you right so that, 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 that makes sense as to why I feel like you, I don't see you as just a female MC or a female that MCs. You just, you just dope. You know, it's like you say, still dope, you know? Right. <laughs> so it was a pleasure again, Star. I really had a great time. I definitely hope that we could uh, continue another conversation at a different time. Hopefully, when um you know new projects come out any any um things people need to know about music for you or career moves for you um that they should be aware of in the in the coming future right now they need to just go to bandcamp or title or itunes or google play and get barbara get uh no doubts maxi single get the pandora Weak shit. Get Mother Nature with a Molotov. Get Almost Never Was. Get uh, That Was You. Get Respect Due. Go to the YouTube. Watch the videos. Watch the performances. Watch the the interviews. And um, yeah, I mean, I have some things, but they're like, I don't want to announce stuff until it's like all mixed, mastered, ready. But there are some. Some things coming, some other things. I got a text last night 
about something okay. I've been working on with one of my favorite producers of all time. Okay. And he's finally mixing. Wow. That we did. Um, so I'm really excited about that. What, let me ask you this. Why, why do you think it's taking you so long? Like 2012 has been a little while from now. Like why is it taking so long for us to get a whole full length from you? You know, that's a good question. I mean, like I said, I've, I've thrown some singles out there. I did, you know, the restyles with respect to, I want to do a one producer project. Okay. And I have been having a time finding that one producer that, um, I completely 110,000% lock in with. Okay. I think Baz, what I've done with Baz is the closest to that I've gotten, but Baz also works with a lot of other artists. Like I want to have like a producer, like you're not like we lock in, we about to be Guru and Premier. I mean, I, I want to do something on that level. That's dope. And I just feel that the, the the level, like the cohesiveness that would, would come, I need that. I need that. I need to challenge myself in that way to do something completely conceptual. I mean, Mother Nature with a Molotov, it was conceptual. Yeah, yeah. But I want to like. I totally top. understand what you mean. I want to top that. I totally understand. Yeah, I, I want to I wanna top that. I, I definitely want my guru premiere thing. I want that. Listen. If I know there's some producers out there, if if I if if it hits me, right? And I don't even necessarily I'm, I'm, want the ones that everybody's working with either. Right, 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 right. But I want, I want a big. I feel like I've I've earned like my oh, little okay. list I've always had. I think it's okay. time for me to be able to get my list. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> who would be your Who would be your list if if if, if you had to share? Who's on my list as far as producers that I Give me I like would... five names that you you would all you always wanted to do something with, possibly an EP, if not a full-length project. Right. I mean I premiere definitely. Okay. Pete Rock. Okay. Um well I, I can't say some of them because I'm already working with them. But it, we've only done one song. Okay. You know, um, the beat miners. Wow. Dungeon family. I really are organized noise. Organized noise. I really want to do something with organized. That actually would probably be. Yeah, that's definitely one. Wow. That 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 that's that's definitely one. Um, you said five, right? How many was that? Four. I think you named about four. You said Pete. No, you said Premier Pete, Beat Miners, Organized Noise. Yeah, that organized noise. One more. Damn. That's a solid only, list, though. It only be five. All right, name somebody new. Or is it? Or, or are you not trying to mess with the new? Huh? When uh, I say new, more like let me think of not golden era. Let me think of somebody new. You know, Georgia Ann Muldrow. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Speaking of Georgia Ann, yeah, I would, I would love to do something with her. Yeah. Yo. I didn't think about that. Oh uh, yeah, she yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's so she's so dope on so many levels, and it's like there's a mutual respect there already. You never worked with her before. You've never. I haven't. Done... That's crazy. But we need to. I we feel need like to, I, we need, I've we heard need to put that into the yeah. universe. You know, I think too. 
being doing stuff from a distance. Like if I worked with her, I would want to be there physically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think too for me, because most of the people that I work with are not in Georgia. Like if I was in New York, I think I would have way more music done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I really do. That's Just it. because yeah. of my network that I have there. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things I miss out on because I'm here. So many opportunities that because I'm I'm physically not there. Yeah. You know, even though you can send stuff through the mail, it's nothing like that synergy. What about Madeline? Oh yeah, I would love to work with him. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. and of course Doom. I mean, but these yeah, I mean, of course, right? Like, but I, I mean, that one don't really count. But yeah, <laughs> Madlib would be that would be really dope too. And I, you know. I feel like we talked, me and him talked about that, but then he's a very hard person to to get in touch with. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. oh yeah, start whatever beats you want, you got them. But then it's like, all well, right, you, well. You want that experience. Like, but he's gonna mail you the CD like. Right, right, right. Like he's yeah. that, on that level. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. and someone else is gonna mail it to you for him. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> he's not even, yeah, that dude's bugged out, but I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, yeah, that would be. I, I like the Georgia vibe. I, I like yeah. the Georgia. I vibe. think the thing with Georgia Ann would be would be it. And I know Enoch, so like, Nebula did a, a project with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I found out about Eagle, and then we became friends, and we met, and wow. we hung out, and just us, my heart right there. So That's yeah, tough. but I I would love to see what me and Georgia came up with. Yeah, yeah. I got so much love for Georgia, man. When I first started doing these interviews on Octobox TV, she was one of the first interviews I did. And then I did another one with her. It was, it's like probably one of the most longest interviews you'll see with Georgia mm -hmm. out on YouTube. And her spirit is just so like yes. down to yeah, earth. Yeah, man. Oh, her, you, you, you know who her mother is? Like, I mean, Ricky, yeah. she's in the blood. Her mother is like this yeah. amazing. Yeah, she put me yeah, on yeah. to her mom. Like, I didn't yeah, yeah. subscribe to her mom's newsletter. Like, yeah. I'm trying to be down with Ricky Myers, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, like I said, some people are put you are put here for, and I feel like I definitely feel like I was put here to do to do to do the music, but I've I've always there's always been some kind of obstacle, and sometimes I put the obstacle there, but I still keep persevering. So like yeah. maybe that's the challenge, like yeah, you know, wow. But um, I'm gonna look for that. I'm gonna look for that. I'm gonna be like, oh. Yeah. When it does come through with any of those artists, yeah. I'll be, you know, cheering you on from the sideline. That's what's up. And hopefully we get an interview with you when that, when. Right. When, when oh, that no, happens. you always good for another interview. Word up. Absolutely. Listen, Star, thank you so much again. I wish you all the best and success in your continued career. Just always know you got a place here um, whenever you want to talk about um, any, any new projects or any new movements coming out in your career, man. I'm Word. Full Thank you. you. Yeah, because it's been a long time coming, I feel, because I think you reached out to me. I did a review on Molotov like years ago when it came out. Okay. And, but I've always been kind of like, finally, I just fit. It's so funny. I, I interviewed uh, Shane Nord the other day. Hmm. Who just dropped the album with Apollo Brown? Yeah. That's another dope producer. Yeah, she's, too. I like her. I yeah. like her a lot. She's dope. She's dope. And it dawned on me when I was interviewing her, I was like, yo, it's only like, not not by choice, but like, I haven't done much interviews with like MCs who are women. Good. And Look at you learning. I know, I'm learning. I got you. I got you.
<laughs> you got that. You got that. Um, and it was crazy because, like, I, I interviewed Rhapsody. Mm. Rhapsody was the first woman MC that I that I actually interviewed. And then Shay Noah the other day, and then now you. So I made a commitment mentally that I was like, before this year's out, I'm gonna make sure I reach out Just to balance. more, more if sisters. If we balance it out, yeah. we'll be yeah. good. Yeah. You know, but it, it wasn't by choice. Like it wasn't like it. Ju it just just didn't manifest like that, you know. Right. But now I'm being more conscious and more deliberate about it. So good. as That's always, you know. And we 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 love that. We love yeah. growth. Yeah, yeah. We it, love it, evolution. That's why we're here to evolve. Yeah. So to thank you so much and, again. And, it was a pleasure. Likewise. Ooh, I'm yeah. like yes. It, yeah, we've been here what like two hours. Right, right, right. So that's it, man. I want to shout out to everybody that's been tuning in. I see we got a lot of people. Bizarro. Who else is here? I know A-Level was on the chat. Hi, everyone. Shadina was on the chat. Oh, Shadina, what's up? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people here, man. <laughs> Patrick. Yeah, a lot of people have been... I guess, so yeah, I guess if I had been able to see the chat room, I would have been really distracted. Yeah, so scientific. Shout out, said peace, goddess. Peace. <laughs> word up, word up. So yeah, we're gonna have this show up um, later on in the week. I'm gonna keep it up for a little bit for for y'all to see on YouTube. But thank you for all that's all those who tuned in live, and go make sure y'all get that new. You know, if you feeling, if you like what you hear, you know, check out you know Star's new music, man. Uh, the no doubt. Maxi single, no oh, doubt. EP early. Yeah, I'm working on a video yeah, for that actually. Okay, for no doubts and Barbarella. So, oh, we trying dope. to get those out once we can keep riding this momentum. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, Star. Again, it was a pleasure. You have a great night. You and too. We'll keep connected. And yes, like that. Yep, yep. And Thank make you. sure, make sure y'all check out um. Our uh, podcast, we got a podcast that is every Friday. This interview will be a part of that. It's on anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know, you could just Google Out The Box Talks or just search for Out The Box Talks in that pod, in those podcast platforms. Or you could just go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com. And what's your website, Star, that they can, get, they can, they can find you on? Uh, S-T-A-H-H-R music, M-U-S-I-C dot com. And then I'm star on, on all social media platforms. S-T-A-H-H-R. Dope, dope, dope. All right, so make sure y'all go check out Star. Once again, thank y'all for tuning in. And we will see you on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>